0: CJ Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because quote, people need to know what you know. End quote this PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002 20 years plus of bowling knowledge story sharing and true expertise Phantom we need to know what you know so Phantom fans here's your host Lynn Nicholson the Phantom
1: Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom Fans, this week's guest has been here with us many times before, and he always gives our listeners a lot of information. He has coached many of the top pros and international players, and he's been a student of the game for over 40 years. He's known for thinking outside the box in training and helping bowlers of all levels. He's known as also one of the top ball drillers in the world as he once drilled for the best on the Pro Bowlers Tour for over eight years. And all this experience has led him to develop a revolutionary new method of laying out the grip on a bowling ball, which is known as the tri-grip. And he was probably the very first person to recognize that the reactive series of bowling balls were absorbing oil from the bowling lane. He's always busy learning and teaching. So let's get him out here again and see what he's up to now. So Phantom fans, here he is. Billy Hall. Hello, Bill. How you doing today, Bards? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Ludwell? I'm doing fine. I've been really anxious to get this show underway because, as everybody knows by now, this is part two of the Danny Wiseman tribute that we've been paying him. And i got to tell you, last week's show was fantastic. We don't really count everything, but It's most emails we ever got on the show, and I tell you what, I was busy answering them for two and a half days, and uh, fortunately, it was all stuff that we had talked about on the show, so I knew. I didn't want to bother you sending you a bunch of silly questions, but you know, one of the questions that we got, and emails, I'm not going to say question, but it was from Gary the Guru Parsons, and he said that... When he wrote this email, he said, you were a true treasure. And, and what a great compliment that is by a terrific coach himself. You know the guru, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I take that yeah, as a yeah, very, 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 very high good.
2: compliment. Uh, and uh, yeah. it's and nice when you hear stuff ears. like that. You know, it's uh, it doesn't happen that often um, on this um, side of the approach. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> you want to be a lane man. <laughs> uh, no, there's two things. One thing I've never – I was a lane man, believe it or not. And that was uh, – you remember uh, uh, LeClaire. Uh, uh, yeah, Raleigh LeClaire. Raleigh LeClaire. Uh, I remember him. He, he's the one that introduced me to lane maintenance.
1: Yeah,
2: And. Man, he was one of the brilliant ones. Uh, very, very, very smart. And after doing that for a while, I decided, no thanks.
1: Yeah, he was, uh, he was one of the top guys in the country and one of the guys I, I borrowed a lot of knowledge from. You know, I didn't invent anything myself. I just stole a lot of information from guys because I wasn't afraid to ask. But, uh, you know, on that last show, you mentioned that you worked with Danny building his game. Uh, what were some of those changes and how were those changes made? Okay. Well, you know, first off, when I first saw him,
2: he had an atrocious setup. It was, uh, he held the ball really high. Um, and he'll tell you this. I told him, you know, I'm not shy about telling you what I think. It doesn't mean you have to value my opinion, but I'm definitely going to tell you what I think. Um, he looked like a contortionist in the setup. He had his hand wrapped all the way around it. He was, he had this like really uh, robotic setup. Uh, His ball was way to the right of the body. And it just, you know, it, it just didn't look like there was any stability to it at all or any leverage. So one of the first things that we did, and again, one of the things people don't know is we reconstructed his game, I believe it was four or five times. So, you know, there was always something, again, you're talking about a guy that, the sponge, that just absorbed everything, and there was never a fear of taking that next step forward. You know, I'll go back to the same thing. Well, this feels different. Of course it feels different. You haven't done it before. So, you know, one of the first things we really did is we took we took three different setups and modified them to Danny Wiseman. We used part of Chris Warren, part of Earl Anthony, and part of Marshall Holman. And we used a little combination of those until he said, you know what, that feels right. So his first setup, his first major modification was getting him set up much lower than he was and setting the people call it a push away i hate that term it sounds like you really move the ball far away from you and it's really just setting it in motion but we took um that setup and we used the setting of the swing we used a combination of earl anthony and marshall holman Because Earl Anthony, if you really, really look, he hardly moved the elbows forward at all. There was maybe a couple of inches. And when I first met Danny, it was maybe a couple of feet. And he would go chasing after it, and he threw that spinny thing. (laughs) So we really modified and worked on the the setup. And it's something that you see a lot of people do that, you know, if you can't start it with something consistent, good luck on repeating it.
1: Yeah, and that's the key to the whole thing, repeating it. You know, and,
2: and that's just it. You know, all these, you don't want to be robotic. You got to remember, and I'll go back to something I tell pr- pretty much everybody in a, in, a, in a lesson. Your job is to leverage the weight of your body so that you can move the weight of the body, so that you can move the weight of the ball, so that you can move the weight of the pins. Mm-hmm. That's really what this game is about. It's all about moving weight. But if you don't have a established setup that you can do that with, then the weight of the ball is going to move you, with, move you, and you're going to have to manipulate it to try and move the pins. And you know how manipulations work. They're hard to repeat.
1: Wow, that's well said. That's, that's very concise, too. Um, you know, you told me once that you learned something very vital from Danny. Uh, what was it that you learned from him? Oh boy,
2: Um, well, let me preface this a little bit. (laughs) Um, I know that people get caught up in the terminologies and and that's fine, but I'm not a big fan of the terminology mental game. Mental game to me is chess. Um, You have to be mentally prepared because you can be as strong as you wanna be mentally, but if you have a flaw in your game, you're gonna be afraid of that flaw when it requires you to play a certain part of the lane or to create a certain type of ball motion or anything like that. Take take for example, and I hear this all the time, you know, while I play the outside. So if you bowl on a condition, the, and you bowl on something that forces you way inside of what you're used to bowling with or visualizing. How strong are you going to be mentally? You won't be. So if you know that you have weaknesses, you can be. You can play the mental game part all you want. But in my opinion, Danny really taught me because he went from questioning everything. And the stronger his physical game became, the stronger he became mentally. So for me, and again, we all have our own opinion, a strong physical game makes a strong mental game. So if you have flaws that you're worried about, or you have a lack of ability of doing certain things with your physical game, you're gonna be weak mentally. And that's also when you go back and you look at Earl Anthony, he wasn't afraid of any part of the lane. And I think that's something that people don't understand. And you know, when working with Danny, I kind of visualized that same determination of what you saw with Mr. Anthony and Danny Wiseman. and they they were both they were both somebody that you would talk to, and you knew exactly what either Mr. Anthony was telling me as to what to go research and what to go learn. And with Danny Wiseman, it was something that was, okay, here's what I want to know. Put it in something that I can understand. And once you told him once, that really, really solidified what he wanted to achieve. Example, one of the flaws in his game was when he put the ball into the swing, he would flip his hand to the, way to the outside. So at the top of the swing as we mentioned before it looked like he was delivering a pizza. So one of the things that we got is I really we really worked I can't say it was I, we worked together and we worked on allowing his body rotation to rotate his hand into position instead of him rotating the hand into position. So one of the things that we did to calm all that down is I said, okay, one of the things I want you to do is I want you to feel like when you set the swing in motion that you're karate chopping your uh, right thigh. So instead of flipping the hand out, he kept it more neutral. And as the body rotates, if you did this on your own, if you took your upper body and rotated, you'd see the position of your hand changes. So we really worked on getting his hand to be in the position he was looking for by adjusting the angles of his body instead of going to the weaker part, which was his hand.
1: Wow. Boy, that's advanced stuff right there, Pards. Oh, I love it. Okay, here's, an, here's another one for you that if you can try to make it easier for our listeners to understand. Um, what one thing, if you could, and that is to add something to everyone from Danny's physical game. Uh, What would that be that you could give anybody the same thing that Danny had?
2: You know, you hear a lot about the non, well, let's use Danny as the the example. You know, you hear about a lot if you're right-handed about the left arm, the left arm. The left arm is gonna follow the rotation of the upper body and there is never, You can go to Pete Weber, all these other guys that have tremendous upper body rotation. The most graceful one that I've ever seen and the most precise one, in my opinion, is Danny Wiseman. There's no manipulation to it. It's just a complete flow of the upper body rotating, the right side rotating back, and in exact unison, the left side rotates forward. So he's never fighting that off. And to his uh, credit, he I don't know exactly how he does it. I mean, I know how to teach people to learn how to learn it for themselves. But his hips did the exact same type of motion. So his feet, which is the foundation of the game, worked right in unison with his rotation of his upper body. And you see a lot of players forcing the upper body into positions that really they're hard to control and they're hard to repeat. If you want to watch somebody that does it perfectly, and I mean, in my opinion, absolutely flawlessly, it's Danny Wiseman.
1: He he could create so much leverage, so simply, just because of that one thing probably, right?
2: Absolutely, and that's what gave him such great control through the bottom of the swing, and increased uh, his, the average player has what we call a flat spot. Um, most people, and it's not flat to the approach. It's in an angle coming from the top of the swing through the legs. And it stays at an angle for a little bit. And most people um, on the higher level are three to four balls. Danny's is four to five. So he's got that much room to either cover up a mistake or to actually do what he wants to do without rushing through it. So, man, if you can get your upper body to do that, God bless you, and you know what? The one you wanna copy is Danny Wiseman.
1: Now, to your knowledge, is there stuff on YouTube that you can uh, send somebody to go watch? Um, No, I'm actually working
2: on a project
1: right now. I just got approval.
2: I mean, I work, even though I work out of Sunset Station strike zone, um, I'm in a casino. So even though it's a bowling alley, they consider that part of the casino. So um, you have to go through these channels. And I just recently, uh, with the help of Mr. Jerry Mano, one of the best managers on the planet that I've ever met, um, he's. Uh, gotten me approval to start doing some filming in there so that I, can, I don't interfere with what happens with the casino rules and the bowling center rules. So we finally just got that done this last week.
1: All right, You let me know when it's up and running so I can tell the listeners, all right, to go take a look at that because there's, what's the old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. But well, I'll tell you what, watching a video, you can pick up a whole heck of a lot. Oh, absolutely.
2: And, um, I'll be, I'll be doing some of the demonstration is again, I don't, I, because of the hamstring tear, I really can't throw it the way I used to, but you know, that I still get, I'm blessed enough to stay behind the approach, stay involved in the game and be able to pass on some of the knowledge to the players that are around me. So, you know, it's
1: not all bad. <laughs> no. And we're very fortunate to have you down there still being active parts. You know, uh, as I've always say on this show, uh, our listeners love to get tips. They also love stories. And last week you told a couple of stories. I told one, I think, about uh, you know something funny that happened on the road with Denny. Uh, hey, you got another one for our listeners? You know,
2: <laughs> we were in, I believe, it was Long Island, New York, and. Danny was just, you know, he was, I don't want to get into too much of it, but I was working for a particular ball company. Uh, We had just come out with a new ball release. And to be honest, I didn't promote that ball. I didn't like it. Uh, Danny was using it in a tournament and he kept flat tenning and we're watching some of the other equipment snap out the ten. And he, he comes to me and he says, so what do you think? <laughs> and I said, well, what do I think about what? Now, remember, I'm, I'm representing a company. I've got to be very, very careful. Um, and he says, so how many pens up am I giving up a game? And I said, two hits a game. And he looked at me and goes, you're serious, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. And then he started to laugh. And I said, what are you laughing about? He goes, I thought it was three hits again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, he, he was too much. You know, his personality, he could be serious as a judge, and then five minutes later, he could be telling jokes. He had that kind of personality where, you know, whatever the situation was, he was right there on top of it. And what a great sense of humor he's got. (laughs) He's an unbelievable
2: person. I mean, people, they get caught up in the image of what they see or what they saw on TV. You know, you got to remember, and this is where I will defend Marshall Holman without a doubt. They are in their office. And the same with Pete Weber, who can be a little bit volatile at times. Yep, They're in their office. I don't go to your office and harass you while you're trying to do your job. It is their job. So, you know, people get involved in that and there's two sides to these guys. Um, Pete Weber will give you the shirt off your, his back. If he if you're his friend, he'll do anything for you. Marshall Holman will treat you very civilly and very uh, uh, friendly-like, off the approach. On the approach, not so much. Um, The same was with Danny Wiseman. He's actually got a sick sense of humor and he's very fun. Um, You can sit and talk to him about race cars, music. By the way, people don't know he can really, really sing. Um, So there's all these other sides to Danny Wiseman that I think people might want to look into. And when you see him, Really, ask him to sing. He'll hate this. Ask him to sing you a few notes. He can actually sing really well.
1: Wow, I didn't even know that. Wow, I love it.
2: (laughs) He can do rock and roll all the way down to something uh, more like a
1: Sinatra. He's got an unbelievable voice. I know he's got a, a pretty full website. I've been there several times. I don't have the date, the address offhand, but do you know what his site is? DannyWisemanBowling.com. Okay, very good. I I knew you'd know it. I couldn't think of it offhand, but yeah, he's got a very full website. He sells all kinds of stuff on there. He's involved in everything, and and I know he really loves all the kids. He does as much as he can for charity. Uh, He's just a wonderful guy, and I'm going to put you on the spot by asking you one final, final question. It's probably huge. And, uh, you know, it's not even a couple of words, but what can you say to sum up Danny with just a couple of words? But you can say as many words as you want, Barnes.
2: Well, it was 13 years ago I lost my brother. And there was one person that really came to my rescue as a male. And because my brother and I were super, super, super close. And the one that constantly checked up on me and I get a little choked up about it was Danny Wiseman. So when you see this guy, don't go by the shell. He's got a heart of gold, and compassion beyond belief. So understand, separate the two, get to know him a little bit, and you will have a phenomenal friend for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about that last week with his folks. Uh, he was very emotional with his mom and dad both, and uh, he wasn't afraid to show a tear or two. He was a real man, and uh, I'll tell you what, you very explained him to a T part. So I'm looking at the old clock on the wall, and is there anything that you'd like to add to anything we've talked about the last couple weeks or anything you want to say about Danny or about your favorite tip, whatever it may be? You got the clock.
2: Well, I hope people aren't getting sick of hearing my
1: voice. (laughs)
2: Uh, Really, (laughs) We're doing the next one on Mr. Brian Voss.
1: Uh, you're gonna you you, you you let it out of the bag. I'm glad you did because I've had probably 40 emails and text messages. Who's he gonna do next? Who's he gonna do next? He already did Norm, and now he's doing Danny. Who's next? Because I told everybody we're gonna do three shows in a row with you, and each one was gonna take two weeks, so. Uh, we fulfilled our promise, and you let it out of the bag. I'll tell you what: I'm going to have people banging on my door saying, "Hurry up, put it up Wednesday morning." <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them
2: had very different personalities that I worked with, and my favorite—and I know I'm not supposed to have a favorite was absolutely Danny Wiseman because there was never there was never a hesitation of, I need you to do this, not why, not blah, 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 blah. Here's what I need you to do with your game. And he would go out and do it and say, okay, here's what I saw. Here's what I did. And you know what? I nicknamed him right, Sponge.
1: <laughs> well, he's just a great kid. I call him the kid because... I was there for the very first PBA tournament. He bowled and uh, saw all the talent that he had, and you have cultivated it. And uh, he did a wonderful job. Those three guys are not the only three guys you've ever worked with, but they're three of the marquee names that are out there. So, Pards, send us off with a goodbye, whatever you want to say.
2: It's been an honor to talk about some of the best players that have ever stepped on the approach. And it's been even a bigger, bigger honor to be a small part of their success.
1: You certainly are. And you're humble by saying that. I know you're a big part. Uh, I've given thousands of lessons myself. And, you know, <laughs> you never get the credit that you deserve. You, if the guy doesn't bowl well, they blame you. But uh, <laughs> Uh, you've got three of the greatest of all time. And I can't wait to talk about Brian Voss with you next week. So Phantom fans tune in <laughs> next Wednesday uh, for two weeks. We're going to talk about the great Brian Voss uh, and the old clock in the walls. Tell me that we are on a time for this week. And we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another great guest. And that's going to be Bill Hall. He's going to talk for two more weeks. I'm Brian Voss, and I can't wait to hear all that part. So I'll be getting a hold of you during the week, and, and we'll line up a time when we can get together and pre-record the show. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, along with Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. So from Phantom Radio, this is The Phantom. When you're down. And trouble, and you need some love and care, and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me, and soon. I'll